Hi, this is Randy, and you're listening to The Beauty Brains, where real scientists answer your beauty questions. For Tuesday, September 2nd, 2014. Welcome to the program. I'm Randy Schuler, and for the next 30 minutes or so, I'll be filling your head with beauty science knowledge with the help of my sidekick, Perry Romanowski. Hey, everybody. <laughs> sidekick, huh? Well, I, I, sometimes you call me co-host. I, <laughs> I, I figure you can be my sidekick when I introduce the show. I don't know. We'll work it out. Sure. That sounds good. <laughs> hey, uh, listen, I have a new product idea I want to bounce off you. Really? Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. So... Are you familiar with these um there's like these beauty and fashion apps for smartphones that let you take a picture of an item and then the app identifies it for you? I, I don't know the yeah. I mean I don't know the name of any of these, but I think there's one that like does it for clothing and maybe shoes, like you take a picture of somebody's outfit and it tells you what it is. I, I remember reading about these, but Okay, yeah. I I actually think that, that functionality might even be built into the new Amazon Fire phone, I'm not sure. But anyway. Wow. wow. The point is, I have an idea for a similar new product. It's not really beauty related, but I just want to get your thoughts on it. Sure, shoot. I, I always love a good uh, invention idea. All right. So I've noticed some unusual animal droppings around my house. <laughs> right. And, and I'm concerned. I, you know, Do I have rats or something? I don't know. So you know, it would give me great peace of mind to be able to identify what creature the stuff is coming from in case I need to call an exterminator. So here's the product idea. I would like an app that would let me take a picture of the poop and then upload it and match it against some kind of database to identify it. So I call it, Whose Poop Is It? <laughs> what, do you, what do you think? Uh, I, I like it. I, I th actually, I think you could get some traction on that thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to ask you to help me design it, but I know you're kind of busy with that other website you work on. So. <laughs> Let me just open right. this up to, uh, you know, if any of our listeners want to get really, really rich, you can uh, <laughs> contact me at, uh, you know, at the, the beautybrains at gmail.com. And I, I've already registered the domain name, whosepoopisit.com, so you can get in touch with me there as well. So, Actually, you know, I had read a story, uh, and I think it was about, oh, it was a discovery that was made that spiders actually eat fish. Like they'll sit on the side of a pond and they'll catch fish and eat them, and this has always been rumored. But they, but naturalists finally they went to Google uh, Images, and just peering through Google Images, they saw a lot of people had uploaded uh, actual pictures of uh, a spider eating fish, um, or yes, fish eating spiders, uh, which was <laughs> only fabled. Wait, which oh, it was okay. sorry. It was only it was only fabled, but. They actually used the Google images to make some scientific or verify some scientific discovery. It reminds me of your app there where you could probably already do that, like take a picture and compare it to what somebody already put up on Google images. Uh, I, maybe that's a good idea. I can't get past this idea of spiders catching fish. Was <laughs> some sort of giant web in the water? I, I don't understand. They Well, there's a, a variety of things they do, but some of them like... They'll even put like a little uh, line. They'll get like a bug on their uh, their uh, silk line and catch the fish. I don't know. <laughs> or they'll sit. They'll sit like right at the edge, and then a little fish will come up and they'll pounce on it. Okay. Well, if Google Images says it's true, I who am I to deny it? So, 
Um, but that's a fascinating app idea. And, and I know we've been looking for a Beauty Brains app. I'm not sure that's the one. <laughs> but I, I could have actually used that app. Um, I, was out, I was out hiking um, last week out in lovely New Hampshire. Um, and I got off the trail because <laughs> the, the people I was, I was actually trying to run through the trails, you know, run and juggle. I run every day. Um, but I got off the trail and actually while I was running, I was listening to an old Beauty Brains episode. Hmm. And, and I was pleased that my voice does not sound as annoying <laughs> as, as that. So kudos to the, uh, the, the, the audio mixer guy there. <laughs> Anyway, I got off the beaten trap and I saw this big pile of these little pellet turds and I didn't know what they were and that app would have helped me out. Whosepoopisit.com. That's all I have to say. <laughs> That's it. Uh, you know, it's funny you mentioned your, your annoying voice. That's one of the um, one of the three areas of the showgram that generates the most complaints. <laughs> really? Yeah. Uh, the, the second one is uh, the fact that we have a crappy catchphrase. <laughs> you know, be, be brainy about your beauty. Although I'm, I'm hoping that the new T-shirts and refrigerator magnets will remedy that. And then the third area that generates a lot of complaint is that we're constantly bashing natural ingredients. Oh no! Yeah. So uh, I thought what we would do today is play a very special natural ingredient theme version of Beauty Science or Bullshit. Oh, I love this game. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Music. Uh, so let me just take a, a second to explain this for the throngs of people who are turning, uh, tuning into the program for the first time. Um, oh, you know, by the way, actually, you know, as I jokingly reference the, uh, the number of new listeners we have, but last, I think it was last week, um, somehow we were featured on the front page of Stitcher, you know, one of the online uh, radio podcast compilation sites, I guess. Right, right, We were right. featured on their front page. Uh, uh, Lord knows why. It was strange because it was like the top stories of the day were it was something like, you know, Will the Gaza peace fire... Uh, what's it? The, the peace... The, the ceasefire. Cease Thank you, sorry. <laughs> there Thank you, you. Sure. So, will the Gaza ceasefire stand? Uh, can the Ebola epidemic be stopped? And is mall smell making you sick? Which... <laughs> I swear, I swear, those are like their three top stories of the day. And um, that gave us a huge bump. We usually get, you know, a, a couple thousand people who listen to the show, you know, at most. That sure. ep that episode topped 40,000 people because, wow. because we were featured on Stitcher. <laughs> so, wow. I hope it was a good one. <laughs> so, <laughs> they're, they're all good, Perry. All right. <laughs> um, so anyway, so so back back to the special episode, uh, which is which will be naturally themed for the people who have not heard it before. What we do is uh, I give Perry three uh, beauty science news headlines. Two of them are true, one of them is made up, and Perry has to pick the fake one. And today we'll be doing that with a natural theme. So here we go. Are you ready? I am ready. Yes. Which of these natural sources? has not been the inspiration for a next-generation cosmetic ingredient. Okay. So, natural sources, which one has not been? All right, here we go. Number one, wasp venom is a Botox-like wrinkle reducer. Okay. Number two, donkey milk is a vitamin-rich moisturizer. And three, butterfly wings as an iridescent makeup pigment. 
All right. So which one of those has not been the inspiration for a new beauty ingredient? Uh, those are all excellent. Uh, before we do, before I even do my analysis, I'm going to randomly pick one. Now, can, uh, I, can I make a suggestion on this? Because I know sure, you, you sure. like to do this chance thing. Because here's how my brain would work. If I was doing this and I did the chance thing, then I would almost be inclined to, like, pick a different one than chance picked, just subconsciously to, dis, you know, distance myself from chance. Gotcha. Why don't you? Why don't you do chance after you make your pick? That's good. That's a good idea. So <laughs> I will do that. Let's let's go through this. All right, wasp venom. Um, now I know that uh, snake venom was all the rage, and it certainly makes sense that somebody, some marketer, would say, "Hey, snake venom, let's try bee stings." Yeah, sure. <laughs> so that <laughs> totally makes sense, which is suspicious. Uh, <laughs> The donkey milk, uh, uh, donkeys make milk. I guess they're mammals, so sure. I suppose they do make milk, did you, sure. Did you ever play Donkey Kong? <laughs> I, I did. Actually, I'm quite good at Donkey Kong. Uh, and then the butterflies as iridescent colorants. Interesting. Well, you'd have to get through, uh, what do you call that, the FDA, because they... That would be a they, uh, yeah, control unofficial that, sure. colorant, right? Mm -hmm. Well, I uh, I have to say here, um, I, I'm I'm pretty certain the wasp thing is real. So uh, it's between the, the the donkeys and the butterfly wings, and and to t tell you the truth, uh, I don't even think donkeys make milk. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say donkeys is the fake. All right. And Chance says... Let's see what Chance has to say. Well, Chance says the the wasp one is the fake. Oh, okay. Well, uh, all right. Well, let's take a look at these. Um, let's uh, let's start with the uh, the third one, the butterfly wings as an iridescent uh, makeup pigment. Sure. That actually is beauty science. That's true. Ah. There you go. Uh, the, a recent headline from a, a BBC news report said that butterfly wings inspire cosmetics and bomb detectors. Now, the interesting thing is they're not using the wings themselves, and they're not even creating what you would think of as a conventional pigment. Rather, they have figured out how the nanostructure of butterfly wings gives off all those beautiful colors without any pigment. I mean, there is no colorant in the wing. It's these... Um, if you look at it under extreme magnification, the butterfly wing structure almost looks like little Christmas trees. And right. those um, disrupt light in such a way to, you know, refract and reflect it and give all those beautiful colors. But it's not like you're taking a blue dye out of the butterfly and putting it in a product. But they're wondering if they can figure out how to make similar nanostructures that would be inspired by butterfly wings. So that one is true. Uh Let's look at the second one. Donkey milk is a vitamin-rich moisturizer. That one is actually true as well. Um, in, fact, <laughs> in fact, the new, um, I'm not familiar with this brand, but it's an upscale brand by the name of Napoleon Purtis. Uh, they have a, a, a new autopilot hydrating milk cleanser, which features, and I quote, lactation by donkey. And apparently this goes back a ways. Cleopatra reportedly bathed in donkey milk because um, it is known to be high in protein, higher than like cow or even goat's milk. And it's, you know, got plenty of vitamins and essential fatty acids. Now, you know, does that really mean it's going to do anything when you slather it on your skin? That's a different story, but it is being used as a, as a beauty ingredient. So that one is true, which, of course, means that the first one 
uh, at, that wasp venom is a wrinkle reducer that is false. Uh, I did base that on a true news story, which explains that scientists have designed a new breast cancer treatment based on the proteins in wasp venom. So that's where that huh. came from. So. So where, so chance is beating me now. Chance has pulled into the lead. I'm uh, excited to announce. Uh, yeah. That's funny because that was the only one that was. Uh, well, because um, I know bee venom for certain is a cosmetic ingredient. Yeah, bee, sure. Well, bee, yeah, bee, bee, bee pollen is. But you're right. Bee venom has been used is similar to Botox, but yeah, no, it has an INCI name and everything. Yeah. Bee, wait, uh, bee stings do? The bee or venom. Bee, the bee venom has nice things. That I didn't know. I thought just the pollen yeah. did. Uh, bee venom. Uh, I don't. I don't see who has it, but bee venom is venom collected from the honeybee. Alps. Uh, I don't know something. <laughs> so it, they have it. They have it on uh, the the INCI directory. So it's actually a cosmetic ingredient. And for the uh, naive listeners in the audience, INCI is the International Nomenclature of Cosmetic Ingredients. It's the official book that. Uh, chemists around the world or formulators around the world use uh, when they want to put ingredients in your cosmetics. And is it true that you sleep with a copy under your pillow? <laughs> well, digital. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, anyway, as, as always, Perry, way, way to try stuff. So good, ah, good job. Ah, boy. All I, right, I, I, uh, I love it. I love a game I can't win. <laughs> <laughs> let's, uh, let's move on to our next segment. You know, for the rest of the show, uh, we're going to take a look at some beauty science news stories. Oh, fun. So, yeah, I thought uh, I'll, I'll kick one off. Did you see All this right. uh, story about uh, fragrance allergies being partly psychosomatic? I did read this. Yeah. yeah. This is uh, This is was uh, based on research done at the Monell Chemical Senses Center in Philadelphia, I believe. You're familiar with them, right? Uh, I am not familiar with Monell. Oh, well, they're the they're the ones. I actually think we did some fragrance work with them way way back in the day at Alberto. But they're really? the ones who did that research that showed that men find the scent of pumpkin pie arousing. Remember that? No, wait. I no, that was the uh, the Smell and Taste Institute here in Chicago. Um, really? Doctor Doctor Alan Hirsch. I thought that was Monell. Huh. Well, I stand corrected. Yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah, but no, I, same, I, same, same, uh, barking up the same research tree. So what Monell has figured out is that um, people may be imagining that they're allergic to fragrance, and at least in terms of, of uh, asthma reactions. So uh, they found out that if we expect an odor to be harmful, our body can actually react to it as if it is harmful. Um, so this was studied and uh, published in the Journal of Psychosomatic Research. Um, that that was actually my favorite discovery of this article was discovering that there is a journal of psychosomatic <laughs> research because <laughs> psychosomatic research is my favorite kind. Uh, so in this case, they gave the subjects a rose-scented chemical to smell. Um, half the group was told the scent may have therapeutic properties. The other half was told it may be an irritant. And then they assessed their airways for inflammation. So look, somehow looked at their, their lungs, I guess. Right. And, and guess what? The people who were told that it had therapeutic properties, you know, they thought it smelled nice. The people who were told that it was an irritant actually experienced more airway inflammation. And some of that inflammation persisted for up to 24 hours. Well, that's what I found amazing. Actually, the, the first thing about this study is that... Uh, 
I was underwhelmed by the number of panelists. Seventeen uh, people. Seventeen. <laughs> I was reminded of that study I did at Alberto where I took the VO5 regular shampoo and I made it the same color as our and same color and make it look exactly the same and smell the same as our premium shampoo. That was mm. really good. Right. And you and I, out of a panel of 20 people, were the only one who could tell the difference. <laughs> so imagine if I published a study, because I did 20 people, right? Right. <laughs> 18 people can't tell the difference. That would be the study. But So tiny numbers of panelists are not terribly impressive. But what, what, And the fact that they did self-assessments, um, I, I found that, you know, sketchy. But the thing that was really impressive though is that they actually like looked at people's airways and then they actually found an effect so right that was and very interesting I, I guess what was scary for me was you know we've talked about you know chemophobia before and people you know saying that you know chemicals can be dangerous but here's a case where just telling people something's dangerous <laughs> actually made it dangerous so it's yeah, pretty, exactly right? pretty bizarre there is power in words apparently yes quite all right you got um, one i do uh you know, speaking of making things safer, you know, there was this, uh, I saw this story published in Scientific American, and I, actually I'm, I'm a little underwhelmed with Scientific American and their, uh, their science-y stuff, because <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know who's writing these things, but some, somehow they don't get them quite right. But anyway, but this story was uh, about BPA-free plastic containers may be just as hazardous. So you know, there is this, uh, in the story, there's a push uh, by people that to get rid of BPA, and in fact, the, the FDA had banned the sale of baby bottles that had BPA, uh, bisphenol A, um, which is a compound that's found in plastic, and they, uh, they wanted people to get rid of it for safety concerns. Mm -hmm. Now, the, the concerns you know, they haven't really been verified, although according to this, uh, uh, <laughs> according to this, uh, scientific American story, that in the subheadline they say, uh, they, they call BPA estrogen mimicking chemical bisphenol A. <laughs> so, mm. uh, so it sort of, uh, poisons the well there. But, but anyway, the, the, so there's been a push to get rid of BPA, uh, from plastics. And they replace it with bisphenol S, so BPS. Mm -hmm. And and guess what? Uh, BPS has the same sort of issues as BPA. Um, mm -hmm. They there was a study uh, out of the University of Texas in Galveston, which showed that picomolar concentrations of this BPS can disrupt the cell's normal functioning too, and leading to metabolic disorders like obesity and asthma and maybe birth certificate birth certificates <laughs> birth defects and, and even potentially cancer of course the same things i say about bpa so the bottom line here is that uh you know out of the frying pan and into the fire right because nice. um in the push to get rid of compounds uh, that people see as dangerous um they're replacing them with things that haven't been studied as much and yeah could potentially be even more dangerous. Yeah, so. the, it's the, what's the old expression? The devil you know is that yeah. better than devil the devil you know is know. better than the devil. Right, exactly. And it's, it's why incumbents always win political elections, <laughs> right? <laughs> so I see this. This is the concern I have also about uh, the push to get rid of uh, preservatives that have oh, yeah. worked for a long time. And 
what are we replacing them with? We're replacing them with either things that that don't work as well, and there has been an increase in the number of recalls due to bacterial mm -hmm. contamination of cosmetics. Absolutely. Or getting rid, you know, changing them out with things that, you know, we don't know the safety yeah, profile. They, they don't have, you know, stuff. parabens have been around 40 years, and we have a, a pretty good idea that they're not deadly. So. Right. Anyway. So, no. look for that, and so BPA-free, it can, continues. Well, here's uh, something else you need to worry about. Oh. Yeah, illegal bottom injections are on the rise. <laughs> really? Yeah, this was uh, actually this is another story out of the, the BBC, but they're reporting that unscrupulous pretend doctors are injecting fake, fake buttocks plumping injections into women. Um, now, you know, butt plumping and butt lifts <laughs> are, you know, those are legitimate procedures. I mean, they're, they're done by something like, I want to say like 10,000 women a year. I, I don't know how many men, but. Um, but it, I mean, it's a legit procedure. It is expensive, so yeah. apparently these these fake doctors are luring in women with a, a cheap substitute. Um, but the ingredients they're injecting are not the typical dermal fillers like you would use, maybe a hyaluronic acid or a you know maybe a silicone like you would find in a in a breast implant. Right. No, 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 no. Here's what these women are finding in their butts. They have they have found olive oil. Okay. Cement. <laughs> what? Super glue and um, tire sealant. Wow. So, yeah. So, you know, and sadly, the reaction to this stuff is pretty gruesome. If you look at the pictures online, it can not only change skin color, but it can cause scarring. One woman actually died after getting an illegal injection from, from a woman she met online. I mean, you uh. used to think online dating was bad, but, you know, online doctoring? It's, <laughs> it's ridiculous. So... This is apparently rampant in Miami, Florida. Really? Uh, yeah. Wow. Th thankfully, it doesn't seem to have reached us up here in Chicago yet. Uh, but one plastic surgeon in Miami says he gets 100 calls each week from women looking for help from this. And they asked in the article, why is this becoming such a problem? And they attributed it to the hip-hop culture, which puts pressure on women to have a bigger behind. So, you know, baby got back, but, you know, make sure it's safe and legal. Come on. Wow. Yeah. So, so that would be your bottom line. <laughs> I love what you did uh, there. Boy. Yeah, I was saving that one. I'll, I'll show. <laughs> no, this, uh, I, I, that just amazes me that people would go online, find somebody, and say, "All right, inject whatever." <laughs> yeah, bend but over. I guess, you know. Yeah, but I guess the 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 pressure to have that look is so high for some people. Yeah, it's it's scary. Yeah. Um, speaking of scary, um, did you see that the Surgeon General has come out uh, on record to say that you should stop stop tanning or burning your skin? Oh. Um, yeah, the, the Surgeon General does not uh, make a lot of major public health announcements. Well, it, uh, in fact, isn't that kind of his job? <laughs> Well, they want to, <laughs> you see, there's a lot of politicking involved here, right? No. Uh, and uh, and so they can't just say whatever they want, even though, like, the science, <laughs> you know, <laughs> science is pretty sound. And so they're really conservative in uh, making statements. I think the last time they made a statement was, uh, you know, back in 2000, in, um, I think it was 2009, where they said that women should breastfeed their kids. Oh, wow. 
I uh, I read the rumor is next year they're coming out and saying smoking is bad. So look for <laughs> right. that. I bet you they don't. <laughs> so uh, so here they they said you know probably the reason they haven't come out before to say tanning is bad is because you know there's the indoor tanning industry who doesn't want people to stop doing it and so a strong lobbying system set up there with the indoor tanning association (laughs) exactly um you know there there is some there is a push in the united states to make indoor tanning illegal Mm -hmm. um and that hasn't that hasn't gotten traction yet but uh so with the surgeon general coming out and announcing that in fact uh uh, skin cancer is a major uh, public health problem, and too much exposure to either indoor or outdoor ultraviolet light is the cause of this. Um, um, this means that uh, the there there will be even more of a push to get rid of these indoor tanning uh, booths, and so I mean it's 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 real. The you know sun will damage your skin and can cause cancer, and yeah. uh, it's a problem. So their their suggestion is, yeah, go outside, uh, use sunscreen, protect your skin, um, but uh, don't use indoor tanning booths. Yeah. Um, you know what was most surprising to me in that entire article? What's that? It was to learn that our current Surgeon General is a dermatologist. I didn't know that. I I guess I did not know that. Either. I mean, that's kind of cool. Like we should. It's a uh, Boris Lushniak, I think, is the guy's name. We yeah. should like connect with him. Maybe he can get the beauty brains into some sort of cush, you know, cushy governmental job or something. <laughs> or at least we could get uh, handed out at uh, Pueblo, Cal- Pueblo, Colorado, where they always had those free booklets, right? <laughs> you remember those when you were a kid? All the government. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> those all the government booklets. Dude. I always wondered what was Pueblo, Colorado like. <laughs> Boy, I'm dating myself. I guess somebody's got to. <laughs> Right. Um, oh, go ahead. Speaking of dating myself, uh, did you see that story about alcohol improving your sense of smell? Uh, yeah, actually. Um, you know, it's it's funny because most of the news we've reported today has kind of a, a bit of a dour tone to it. But this, I think, is some good news. Uh, according to the Weissman Institute of Science in Israel, uh, our sense of smell may be improved by a couple of cocktails. Wow, I uh, you know I, you've heard of beer goggles, right? Now we've got <laughs> sure. we've got this. I, I'm expecting we'll eventually find that all of our senses can be alcoholically enhanced. Do you, <laughs> do you, remember uh, remember the comic book character Daredevil? You know he was he was blind, but his other senses were heightened from exposure to radio radioactivity. Sure, sure, yeah. Yeah, actually, it turns out he was just hammered. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well. You're reminding me of my favorite uh, superhero cartoon character. Who's that? Super Chicken. <laughs> oh, he, took way, a, he had like a the, martini or something. He had a, mar- he had a couple of pills and a martini. <laughs> he took out to get his superpowers. Uh, uh, I still remember chicken. the theme song. Uh, there is one thing you should learn when there is no one else to turn to Squawk for Super Chicken. Bark, 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 bark. Squawk for Super Chicken. Bark, bark. Love that are, cartoon. Are you, are you finished? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I'm, I'm I'm doing a test where alcohol improves your ability to podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done. Well, uh, so so back to the story. It turns out that our sense of smell is inhibited by certain brain functions. So if you can lower those inhibiting signals, you should be able to boost how well you can smell. So 
I know you'll you'll love this because they used 20 volunteers in the study, <laughs> another yep. mammoth research uh, undertaking, and they had them smell uh, a set of three liquid samples, and they had to pick out, uh, you know, two were identical and one was a little different, and they had to pick out the one that was different. Uh, and then they split the panelists into two groups, and they gave them a drink. Now, half the group got plain grape juice, and the other mm -hmm. half got grape juice mixed with a shot of vodka. You know what's most disturbing to me about this research? What's that? That they mixed vodka with grape juice. Who drinks that? <laughs> like, these orange juice, tomato juice I could see, but grape juice? I don't know. All right. Huh. Anyway, so after they had their drink, then they repeated the smell test, and they did this through a couple of cycles. So they found out that there was a correlation between the person's blood alcohol level and how well they could discriminate scents. So it turns out that having one or two drinks over the course of an hour increases your ability to uh, tell smells apart, but having any more than, than one or two uh, actually decreases the ability. So the good news is, to all our friends in the perfume industry, you can go back to having your two martini lunches. <laughs> uh, and I guess if, uh, for the, our listeners, if, if you're going shopping in Sephora, you know, do it right after that first cocktail, and you'll have your best chance. So. Right, ex exactly. Well, that is fascinating. Uh, more power of alcohol. <laughs> and here I was going to turn into a teetotaler. More reason not to, right? Right. Uh, let's see, we got time for a couple more, maybe? Yeah, sure. Uh, uh, I did see this one. Uh, remember that idea that I had years ago to create a gluten-free line of cosmetic products, sure, which I see people are doing already. But um, And the thing that, that's funny about that is that, or, or strange about it, or th th there is no evidence that uh, putting gluten on your skin, even if you're like gluten-sensitive or you're celiac, will have any uh, effect on you. It just doesn't get into your body, right? Mm -hmm. um, well... That's why I was interested to read this story, that there's this study is the first to link natural moisturizer to food allergies. Oh. And in this study, uh, they showed that uh, people could, that food allergies in cosmetics could, or food ingredients that were in cosmetics could induce some allergies. Hmm. Uh, this is a study published in the, uh, the Journal of Allergy and Clinical uh, Immunology. And the research highlights uh, an incident of a 55-year-old woman who suffered a life-threatening reaction after she was eating goat cheese. And now previously she wasn't allergic to goat cheese, but uh, she had apparently been uh, applying a moisturizer that contained goat's milk. And so the idea is that she developed this allergy not by eating it first, but by getting it on her skin and using it a lot. And in this in this study, then it was one person. <laughs> was, <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly, one person. <laughs> but this is actually how uh, a lot of uh, medical anomalies. I mean, the the story here, right, is that um, this was just a mechanism which we never thought was possible. Right. So they can here look further saying, at it. Yeah. Right. Here's saying that okay, okay, this is one possibility, and it's probably not going to happen. It probably doesn't happen to most people, but it is a it is a possibility. And so, if uh, if you've developed some sort of allergy, or if you use it, if if you're using topical treatments that have food ingredients in it that might produce allergies, 
you could be developing, uh, you know, an allergy yourself and not even know it. Yeah. Oh, that's surprising. Yeah. But, yeah, it's one person. <laughs> so I, I think the bottom line there was, uh, you know, be a little wary of using uh, natural ingredients in cosmetics. <laughs> I'm just trying to induce some more hate. <laughs> well done. Well done. All right. I think we got time for one more quick one. All right. Uh, so let me ask you this. When you think of all the countries in the world, uh, which one sticks out in your mind as being a hotbed of hair care innovation? Uh, well, the United States, of course. <laughs> no, no, no. It's Brazil. And, oh. <laughs> and here and here's why. First of all, there's the uh, Brazilian hair straightening, and we talked about that uh, a couple of weeks ago. Indeed, uh, yes. Then there's the Brazilian wax, which sure. is more hair avoidance than it is hairstyling, but okay. Well, the more we... you say this, the the more I'm I'm shaking my head. You're right. <laughs> a lot of stuff comes out of Brazil. And now we have the Brazilian flaming split end treatment. <laughs> what? Yeah. So apparently this was in the news around the time of the World Cup. But there's a um. A Victoria's Secret model uh, from Brazil. Her name is Barbara Fialho. And she announced to the world that she goes to a salon where they burn off her split ends. Huh. So here's how it works. The stylist uh, takes, you know, braids her hair. And that makes the split ends sort of pop out. Uh, and then she waves a candle underneath the split ends to singe them off. Now, you know, you might, you know. Just at first glance, you might think this is a bad idea, but when you look at the beauty science behind it, you'll see that it's a really, really stupid idea. <laughs> well, yes, I mean, exactly. no matter how good you are or how careful you are, you know, by its very nature, you can't exactly control where the flame will touch the hair. I mean, a candle right, flame, right. you know, no matter how small it is, it's not a precision pinpoint instrument. You know, it's right. not like it has a sharp tip like a needle. And plus, it flickers. <laughs> so, you know, any air movement or any shaking of your hand will cause it to miss the split you're going after. You know, it's like, okay, well, what's wrong with that? Well, it's a big problem because if the flame scorches something else besides the split end, uh, it can degrade the proteins in hair. It, high enough heat can cause cross-linking. That actually makes the hair more brittle, which means right. wherever the flame touches, you're more likely to develop split ends. Uh, plus, it smells really nasty when you burn hair. So this is just <laughs> yeah. a horrible, horrible idea. Uh, so, so much for Brazil as leading hair care innovation. Wow. It, it will be uh, interesting to see if uh, this spreads around the world. <laughs> keep, keep an eye I, out for that one, folks. Although, you know, they do have those little uh, handheld torches. Maybe that would work better. Uh, I, I suppose that helps, but I still stand by my recommendation that this is right. a stupid idea. Well... I just don't know why you wouldn't use scissors. <laughs> it still doesn't. Oh, boy. Well, you know, you you got to always be innovating, and sometimes your innovations are just stupid. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, Perry, uh, we could keep going on this as usual, but we've run out of time. Oh, darn. Well, it's always fun. Uh, I guess to get my beauty fix, uh, I could uh, read this book that's here on my uh, uh, my desk here. It's called... It's okay to have lead in your lipstick. Oh, I've seen that. It's uh, subtitled and answers to other beauty questions you're dying to know. Yeah, that's that's our book. Yeah. Where, where did you get that? Uh, well, I got this from my uh, uh, from a box in my garage. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, if you wanted to buy it. Oh, right. Well, you can get it. Go to our website. We have a link there to get it. Or you can go to Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, or wherever uh, books are sold online. You can probably find our book. So. Maybe you should just Google it. 
<laughs> I think it's kind of funny you've, you've left our readers with the erroneous assumption that we're some kind of two-bit operation that keeps boxes of books in our garage. It's, <laughs> that's kind of funny. It's, no, it's just it couldn't like, be farther from the truth. <laughs> it's just like souvenirs. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, uh, I think we should just say goodbye to everyone. Yeah, I, I think so. Uh, it's, it's always good chatting with you, and uh, I'll uh, talk with you next time. All right, thanks, Perry. And everybody out there, remember, be brainy about your beauty. When you find yourself in danger, when you're threatened by a stranger, when it looks like you will take a licking, <laughs> there is someone waiting who will hurry up and rescue you. Just call for super chicken. But if you're afraid, you'll have to overlook it. Besides, you knew the job was dangerous when you took it. He will drink his super sauce and throw the bad guys for a loss And he will bring them in alive and kicking There is one thing you should learn when there is no one else to turn to Call for super chicken Call for super chicken